O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Reading now from the book of Isaiah, from the 42nd chapter. This is what God the Lord says, the creator of the heavens who stretches them out, who spreads out the earth with all that springs from it, who gives breath to its people and life to those who walk on it. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and I will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles, to open eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison, and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. And these words from uh, Paul's letter to the Corinthians, second letter, where he says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And then these words from uh, the Sermon on the Mount, the words of Jesus, um, I'm choosing to use the message. Uh, this is Eugene Peterson's version. Jesus says, you're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Jesus is describing our calling uh, to make a positive influence upon all that we meet to the end that they might know the Father. We are His light bearers called to carry the light of God's love into all the world, including the workplace. Our Christian faith shouldn't be a hidden, well-kept secret, hidden from co-workers and associates, but it should be public and visible in a positive way, in a way that contributes to the quality of our work and to the success of our company or organization or school. The Apostle Paul reminds us that we are God's ambassadors, that, we, that is, we are God's personal representatives wherever we are, making His public appeal through us. Be reconciled to God. Come to know God. Get right with God. This is our ministry wherever we are, including the workplace and whenever we're engaged, 
in meaningful activity with other people. Now, the workplace is actually a very strategic arena in which to make a difference for Christ. According to one statistic, 40% of all Americans will never darken the doors of a church. And I would dare say that number is far higher in this neck of the woods, in the Pacific Northwest, one of the most unchurched places in, in the world. Most folks today don't know a lot of their neighbors, don't associate much, maybe, uh, maybe on a 4th of July barbecue outside, I don't know. It's not like the old days. They don't spend a lot of time with their neighbors, but they do spend a lot of time with the people that they work with, right? They spend a lot of time together working on various projects. So the workplace is actually a, a major community for people. It's a major source of social interaction today. Now, so therefore, work may be the only place where many people are exposed to Christian faith. So that as the ambassadors of Christ, as His light bearers, our calling is to point others to Him. But this begs the question, how do we do that? How can we share our faith and let our light shine with the people we interact with every day? And I, I want to begin by saying that we would do so very sensitively and thoughtfully because we all know that a hard sell won't work, and it's not appropriate. Those who share their faith in the workplace must always be sensitive to the feelings of others and to the particular policies of the company. There are companies that are more open towards spiritual matters, and they acknowledge them. But then there are others that do not. So we would do well to know what the policies are. I know public school teachers uh, have to be very careful at work. That said, there are many ways we can make a positive impact for Christ in the workplace, allowing our light to shine, so I just want to suggest a few of them. First of all, pray for your coworkers. Pray that not only will they come to know the Lord and experience His salvation, but pray for their lives and their work, and their health, and their families, and their decisions, and their problems, their stresses, their heartaches, their health, their, their future, because the Spirit of God is at work in people's lives, whether they know it or not. So I would say, develop a shepherd's heart for the people that you work with. Be a shepherd in that place. And so pray for your boss, or your employees, or your customers, or the person in the cubicle next to you. If you are a student, pray for your principal, and for your teachers, and for your classmates. Ed Silvoso, uh, I heard this man speak at a, at a conference. Uh, he was a, he's a popular speaker on faith and workplace issues. And he was telling about a manager that he knows who would get to work well before anybody else, and then he would simply bless the working space of each single employee in his department. He would simply touch each chair and each desk and pray for 
his co-workers individually at their spot. And he did this day after day. Before long, significant improvement in the spiritual climate of his workplace uh, took place. This became evident when sick leaves went way down and the conflict level also became dramatically lower than the rest of the company. And so the CEO of the company uh, actually was uh, impressed by this uh, change of affairs. And so he asked this manager, this Christian manager, what, what was going on there? And the manager said, it's God. And he went on to explain that he put over his department a canopy of prayer. Well, I mean, this really impressed his agnostic boss. And, uh, <laughs> and so in the end, the boss gave him, this manager, even bigger things to do. And it seems that wherever this manager was placed, things got better. People worked more smoothly together. So that today he is a very high-ranking executive in a large European telecommunications corporation. God continues to use him in a very powerful way, bringing others to Christ through the vital ministry of prayer. He's letting his light shine. So don't underestimate the power of prayer in changing the climate of a company or an organization or a club, what have you. Prayer may not help us climb the corporate ladder, but it just might change the spiritual climate of the workplace. And prayer will certainly change you and me. As we pray for our workers and our co-workers, we'll find that our heart will be open, more open towards them. Our love for them will grow. We will become more patient and more understanding and more compassionate. We will become more spiritually sensitive to the dynamics at play where we work. Prayer is good for us and good for others. Pray. Be a shepherd in that place. And the best way to be a shepherd is to pray for your people. Secondly, when it comes to letting our light shine in the workplace, our work style is everything. By work style, I mean the way we do our work, the attitude we bring, the character we exhibit, the methods we employ, the way we treat others, and so on. Actions, as you know, always speak louder than words. So are our actions congruent with what we believe and value? Do we exhibit honesty and integrity and openness, transparency in our relationships with our workers, our coworkers, customers, or clients? Do we treat them with dignity and fairness and compassion and mercy? Are we resolving conflict in God-honoring ways? Do we refrain from destructive criticizing of customers, coworkers, employees? Do we engage in gossip? Part of our work style certainly involves pursuing excellence, giving our best to the job, and that's a testimony in itself, because shoddy workmanship and lackadaisical work habits do not reflect the light we want to show. Caring about our work 
doing our job well, adding value to the company, to the organiza organization, will earn the respect of others and will bring honor to God. Jesus says, let your light shine so that others may see your good works and so give glory to your Father in heaven. So the question is, is our work of such quality that others can see God in us? Is there anything different about our attitudes and our behavior at work that might make us, that might mark us as being different in any way? Such that people might want to ask, what makes us tick? What makes us who we are and how we are? The goal is always to point others to Christ. Remember, that's what an ambassador does. It, an ambassador represents somebody else. You're pointing to somebody else. Max Lucado, you know, the, the, the Christian writer, I don't know how many books he's written. But he says, if we ever get to the point where our goal is to have people say, what a wonderful person, we're missing the mark. Instead, our goal is to have people say, what a wonderful God this person serves. Our task is to have people say, tell me about your God, to point people to Him. And so to shine our light in the workplace, we can pray for our co-workers, we can work in such a way that we bring honor to God and commend Him to others. And then, thirdly, we can let our light shine by looking for opportunities to share our faith verbally in the natural course of conversations when the context or the situation seems appropriate. Now, I know that many Christians, especially Presbyterians, tend to live in mortal fear of ever having to talk about their faith. And we tend to excuse ourselves from this responsibility of sharing with others, believing that faith is essentially a private matter. But nothing can be more unbiblical. Our faith is not meant to be private. Jesus says, we're going public with this. The light's going to be shining on a hill. I'm putting you on a hilltop and tell you what, everybody's going to see your light. So what's this privacy thing that we're, you know, oh, I can't share verbally in any way. The thing is, if Christ is as precious as we believe him to be, and if our faith is so important to us, and if it's made such a difference in our lives, then surely we're going to want to share him with other people. Now here I would say actions aren't enough. And I think Jim was making this point very well uh, a little while ago. To never talk about your faith is kind of like receiving a cure from a, dead, from a dread disease. You know, some physician had helped this person get a cure. And to not talk about faith is kind of like going through the, the hallways of a, of a hospital trying to radiate good health to the sick people. What they need, that's not going to work, right? Just radiate good health. They need to know the source of the cure. They need to know the physician. They need to know the source. And how will they know the source unless people share good news, the good news of Christ? 
And I believe that there are ways we can do this naturally without being pushy or pious, over the top, given a hard sell, and so on. But we can speak truth into people's lives, and it assumes that we have a personal relationship. People need to know we care about them, and we need to be able to talk authentically with other folks, and people will listen. So you know how you share your faith with other people when in the right situation? If somebody's having a difficulty or a problem, you can say, um, look, you know, um, I'm, I've dealt with similar kinds of issues. And I, I tell you what, um, you know, my Christian faith has really made a difference in my life because it's given me direction. It's given me some peace. Uh, it's given me hope. Um, you know, maybe, maybe you, you ought to check it out because it helped me. And we share our story, don't we? We share about what our faith has done for us. And nobody can ever argue with that. We share our experience. If they, if they want to pursue it, that's fine. That's up, up to them. But we can share our experience. We can say, hey, you know, Christ has made a difference in my life. But again, I think it assumes a personal relationship. that People know that we care. That gives us the right to speak truth into people's lives. And sometimes if you're at work, you know, and somebody has a difficulty and you know going through a tough time at home or whatever, you can say, you know, I'll pray for you about that. I'll pray for you. And at least maybe then your coworker would know, well, maybe you're a spiritual person. And then, of course, we have to pray, right? But they'll know that we care. And that might open up further spiritual kinds of conversations. People are very spiritual today, you know. They really are. They're open. And so we can speak. More often than not, people are actually more open to hear what you have to say than you realize. If your words are coming from your heart, they're authentic, and they're caring. And you know, sometimes it's just worth the risk of talking about it with people you care about, right? You don't have to know all about theology, you know, you don't have to know the Apostles' Creed inside and out, but you can share your own experience. Hey, I was blind, but now I see. Maybe he can help you see too. That's it. And then you point people to the source. Check them out. And then maybe, you know, you might invite them to worship. Uh, and then take them down to Arnie's for brunch. Great combination. There you go. Or, you know, when the Christmas cantata rolls around, man, that's a great opportunity to bring neighbors and friends to that. Be alert to those kinds of opportunities. So we let our light shine when we pray for those we work with. We're mindful of our work style. We pursue excellence. We verbally share our faith in a natural way when the situation seems appropriate. And then let me recommend one other thing that will help us keep our light, the light of Christ, of Christ, shining brightly in the workplace. And I want to suggest that you find some other Christians in your workplace or your profession 
and that you might agree to meet periodically for the purpose of praying for one another, supporting and encouraging one another, holding one another accountable, and addressing the challenges of being a disciple on the job. So that if you are a teacher, I would suggest that you find some other teachers who share your belief, who, ha who share your faith, who share your values. And you can pray for each other and you can talk about the challenges of being a, a teacher. Um, if you're a physician, you can meet with other Christian physicians in the clinic, maybe even before the day begins. Or if you're in business, you can join a Christian business person's organization that periodically meets over lunch. You know, no matter your vocation, you know, you might find like-minded, like-hearted people and have a Bible study or just find a time to talk about it. How can we be a disciple in this place? And uh, that's pretty important. I've, I've always found that uh, it's been important to me as a pastor to meet with other pastors for encouragement and support, uh, for prayer, uh, because no one knows my job and its challenges better than other pastors. And so I've, I've always found that to be very important. So for years I was involved in a pastor's group. But what is true for pastors is surely also true for others in different vocations. There is great value in meeting with others who are committed to the same Savior and to the same values and who face the same challenges as you do in the workplace. And the goal is not to segregate ourselves from non-Christians at work, and we don't want anyone to feel excluded, but to encourage one another in Christ. The hope that is in us, Christ Jesus, shines ever brighter when bound to others with that same hope. You are the light of the world, says Jesus. Let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds, your good works, and glorify your Father in heaven. So that God has given you and me a high and holy calling. We are called to bring hope to those who sit in darkness. We... Yes, the people like the likes of us. What a compliment this is. He says, you're the light of the world. We're the light of the world. We're bearers of light. And God has placed us in a thousand stri different strategic locations, in businesses and in offices and shops and grocery stores and banks and hospitals and clinics and pharmacies and work um, warehouses and factories and restaurants and kitchens and hotels and schools and we are all in a prime position strategically placed to make a positive difference to be a positive influence in our workplace for others for Christ so may our light shine brightly for him to the glory of God the Father let us pray Lord, if we have light to share, it's only because you are the light of the world. So help us, Lord, to reflect your light in all that we say and all that we do, especially as we think this morning of our workplace or wherever we're gathered with other people united around a common project or to meet a goal or a mission. 
Lord, we are your people. May we be constantly reminded that we are your ambassadors meant to point others to you. So, Lord, in all our weakness, use us. May your Holy Spirit work in and through us that others might be touched by the light of your love made manifest in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.